Our scripture lesson for this morning comes from the book of Exodus, at the second chapter, verse 1. And you need to know that just before this story, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, has ordered that all of the baby boys born in Egypt be thrown into the Nile River and drowned. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine baby, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and plastered it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds on the bank of the river. The baby's sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her attendants walked beside the river. Pharaoh's daughter saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid to bring it. When she opened it, she saw the child. He was crying, and she took pity on him. This must be one of the Hebrews' children, she said. Then the baby's sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get you a nurse from the Hebrew women? to nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said, Yes. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse it for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed it. When the child grew up, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. And Pharaoh's daughter took him as her son. She named him Moses because, she said, I drew him out of Masha, which means the water. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God. You are the giver of our lives, and you weave our lives into magnificent stories. Open us to fresh readings of your story, that our lives may be part of your story, and we may see your weaving hand. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Sometime in the early 90s, my mother started collecting baskets. I call my mother when I need sermon illustrations. 
Remembering or knowing that this was to be a sermon about baskets, I called my mother and asked her about her basket collecting. When did it start? Well, she said, I was in Lake of the Ozarks and saw this basket made of hickory wood, and it spoke to me. Okay. And then it was pine needle baskets that she picked up on the coast of Georgia. And then in Pennsylvania, there was this cherry wood basket. In Minnesota, she could not resist a birch basket. Traveling to Africa only made it worse. More baskets. She was in Ghana and got elephant grass baskets. She even ordered one specially to be delivered to her home in Mississippi which is her favorite basket because it is her laundry basket. There were Ilya palm fronds from Zimbabwe and papyrus baskets from Uganda. An African basket that is for keeping your pet bat. A bat basket. She doesn't have a pet bat. So I wonder, what is the point? of all of these baskets. I asked my mother if she collects them anymore, and she said, well, you know, the thing about collecting baskets is you run out of room. So there's this story of a basket made by Moses' mother to save his life. Such an extraordinary story when the king of Egypt Pharaoh has gone mad with fear of the Hebrew slaves. He is afraid of a slave rebellion because they have become so numerous. And you know the story, he wants to keep them in line and so he can maybe reduce their numbers by making life harder. More bricks, less materials, more work to break their spirit. But it only makes them stronger. And Pharaoh's madness increases. This madness of fear over these immigrant slaves. And he orders Hebrew midwives. When a baby is born, if it is a girl, let her live. But if it is a boy, let him die. In addition to ordering the murder of infants. He is so mad, so insane. He is killing his future. The workforce it is an incredible act of courage and defiance that the midwives refuse. And in this little bit of humor, in the midst of this terribly dark story, the Hebrew women tell Pharaoh, the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, delicate and fancy. The Hebrew women are strong, and they have their babies even before we can get there. What can we do? Finally, Pharaoh's insanity turns to 
the outright murder of the babies. And he orders that the baby boys simply be thrown into the river and drown. But there is this slave woman who saves her baby by making a basket strong enough to float in a river of death. And when we think about it, God weaves a basket of people. And the strands are not hickory or pine needles, but a mother, a young slave mother, defiant. She will put her baby in the river as Pharaoh has commanded, but she will put him in the river in a basket. The daughter, the young girl, a child herself, gets into the river, into the part of the river where Pharaoh's daughter bathes. A slave girl? Pharaoh's daughter had every right to condemn her to death. But God used Pharaoh's daughter to weave yet another strand knowing full well that this is a baby her father wanted killed. She defied her father. Miriam, Moses' sister, has that most courageous moment. Will you save him? Do you want me to find someone who will nurse him for you? Yes. And Miriam returns Moses to his mother, and the basket is woven. Midwives, mother, little girl, older sister, slave master's daughter, woven together by God in this collaboration of the most powerful and the least powerful, those with less than no power, in courage, defiance, and resistance, they come together in a courageous act to save a life. A basket that saves more than a life, but a future, the people's future, for they escape slavery and become God's people chosen to bless the world. All from a basket. Imagine for a minute what it's like to be held in a basket, upheld by those strands of love, Has someone supported you when you were threatened to be drowned by illness or trouble? People who came and held you up? Who said yes?
and what it is like, what is it like for you when you get to be one of the strands in that basket that God has woven you into and you come together with a group of people to save and comfort lives. The recent disasters make it hardly, we can hardly count the number of baskets that God has woven together to save people literally from being drowned or blown away. And the strands gathered from people as different as Moses' mother and Pharaoh's daughter. It didn't matter what you believed or the language or where you were born. It was only about saving lives in Houston and Florida. God weaving together. Strangers in these baskets. In Houston, when the floodwaters continued to rise, there was a woman in labor on the first floor of her apartment building. She called 911 a number of times and no one answered. So her husband sent out an email to the listserv for all the residents in the apartment asking for a doctor. The doctor came along with dozens of people. They moved her first to the second floor where she could be safe and dry. And then the fire department came. But the water in between the building and the road at this point was waist deep. And so the people from her building joined arms in a human chain to get this pregnant woman safe to where she needed to be to save the baby. A family fled war in Syria, and God wove a basket for them. There were people at the border in Jordan, people from the United Nations, people from Lutheran Social Services, and many people in this congregation and by being part of this congregation, you. This congregation has Miriam and mothers and fathers who cannot stop but be woven into God's basket of love to save a family from war. A basket with many strands from Chevy Chase to save lives, to save a future. The basket weaver on the cover of the bulletin's name is Grace Nwanya from Zimbabwe. In 2004, the climate began to change in her town and the farming failed. A Peace Corps volunteer came and helped create a craft cooperative where there were basket weavers. Grace learned how to weave baskets at the age of 72 in 2008. The cooperative 
started with 14 women that raised about a dollar a month each. Now there are more than 3,000 women who earn an average of $50 a month. One woman earned $700 a month, which is a fortune in impoverished Zimbabwe. Grace says, weaving has transformed my life, and she points to her brick house with a garden and a fence and a goat and the house next door with solar panels that she bought for her sister's house. She makes baskets for clients in Germany and the Netherlands and Australia and Denmark and the United States. I'd like to think that she may have even sold one bought by my mother. God weaves beautiful baskets of such a disparate community of people, courageous people, from ancient Egypt, Houston, Florida, Syria, Chevy, Chase, Denmark, Mississippi, strong baskets woven in love. to save lives. I think when God brings us together in these baskets, we don't just save the life of the one in the basket. We save each other. We're saving the future. Saving us is what God does. God is a collector of baskets and God will never run out of room. I'd like to think that God has a bat basket, especially for endangered species of bats. Not because God has a pet bat, but because God saves lives. I'm sure of it that God has a bat basket. I'm sure of it. God saves us. Thanks be to God for all of God's baskets. Amen. Amen.